0: Hello fans and welcome to Hoosier Hoopsteria, a podcast about basketball from the biggest basketball state of all, Indiana. Let's meet your hosts for this podcast. First, hailing from the mean streets of Frankton, Indiana, a St. Francis University alum and Hoosier State basketball legend in his own mind, Austin, better known as Dad. His running mate is a lifelong Hoosier fan, basketball player wannabe and an average high school assisted basketball coach from the east side of Indianapolis BJ or better known as Charlie well good evening dad how we doing welcome back to who's your hoop stereo with Charlie and dad what's going on Charlie man I'm doing I'm doing really well a lot of stuff to get to tonight we're gonna have a guest a special guest tonight our first ever College coach? This guy must be crazy to jump on the Charlie and Dad show as a college coach, as a collegiate basketball coach. I'm excited about that, but a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, you want to start with? You want to start with uh, the Hoosiers' newest hire?
1: Yeah, uh, let's let's talk. Well, yeah, let's talk with uh, Yassir. Actually, hold uh, on just a second.
0: I just thought of something. We got to stop. I cannot believe that I started the pod and we didn't give a moment of silence for Bobby Slick Leonard.
1: All right, I'm in
0: alright We're going to go a moment of silence, and then at the end of the moment of silence, we're going to give baby. a very impassionate boom baby. Are you ready? In honor of Coach Bobby right. Slick Leonard. Are you ready? All right. It's a moment of silence in three, two, one.
1: Boom, boom!
0: baby! Hey, hey, baby! <laughs> I mean, my goodness, what a great life lived, man. I mean, man. so sad that he's gone, 88 years old, but... I mean, what an amazing, an amazing, uh, you know, ambassador, right, for the state of Indiana and hoops. And obviously he's a Pacers guy, but an IU player back in the day, Indiana all-star. I mean, come on.
1: That's the most excited I've been about a Pacers. uh, Anything to do with the Pacers in the last, you know, several months. Watching them last night was just, she. I
0: wouldn't know about that.
1: Atrocious.
0: I wouldn't know about whether or not about watching the Pacers. like like if
1: ed edmund Sumner and Justin Holiday is in the starting lineup like you're not
0: That's troublesome in the n b a yeah
1: that's a recipe for uh I don't
0: know. at level, and I'm not sure those guys are quite made for prime time at that level I don't know maybe i'm maybe I'm wrong, yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: All right, so let's
0: get back to it. Hoosiers make a new, their third assistant coach hire. They have officially an entire staff in place announced today. Um, what are your thoughts?
1: I saw it and at first, you know, kind of just be like, "What is this?" Like you, you read all these reports and you see his name is always next to FBI investigations and and all those things, and you start to question, like, "Man, what are we doing? Are we really going to go down the Samson era again?" and you know, hire these these uh risky hires. But we all know that in college basketball, like if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And if you know, no one really has gotten the death penalty. You know, the only person the only program I can ever even think of getting the death penalty, uh I can't believe I just said that, but death penalty was Baylor when they actually had somebody murder somebody. A guy a like, guy literally got murdered like, on their
0: like, team by another member of their team.
1: Yeah, I'm like that was the first time that like Somebody really got, you know, penalized hammered. for hammered for, for something. So I guess it just, just makes me question. But again, if your administration is on top of it and really watching what they're doing, then then things shouldn't happen. But man, like, I Ooh. think before we jumped on the pod, we talked about like Will Wade and um, Sean Mayor, Miller Sean. and uh, lifetime contract bill. bill Self.
0: Self? I mean, Mr. Lifetime contract. How about that? Like, How about the fact that, no, I don't know. I can't think of another college. But Bob friggin' Knight didn't have a lifetime contract. Gene Cady didn't have a lifetime contract. Roy Williams didn't have a lifetime contract. (laughs) Friggin' Dean Coach K doesn't have a lifetime contract. But Bill Self has a lifetime contract. That ought to concern us as basketball fans. That's all
1: I'm saying. And I haven't seen one. So I have not seen one thing in the media to, like, rip Kansas for a that contract well they're not going
0: to because he's 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 good like he wins and you know it's like we always say winning cures everything yeah. he wins he has nothing to worry about just win baby al <laughs> davis was right
1: just win baby just win that's all that matters i'm
0: um, i'm i personally think that you know like you, you were bringing up your a little bit of concerns about coach yasir rosemond um has some very extensive background and developing players Extensive background in recruiting. I was told he is extremely well-liked and extremely well thought of in spite of the um, allegations, the alleged um, role that he may or may not played in this recruiting, the FBI recruiting scandal, which I still have yet to see any teeth behind it all except for the poor two or three guys that went to jail. Uh, well, so otherwise, somebody, no somebody
1: one... had to take the heat. Like
0: no Chuck Person, the rifleman, speaking of the yeah. Pacer and and <laughs> Slick.
1: Uh, I did see like a couple quotes today in that investigation where Yassir, his quotes in that meeting with uh oh, whatever the Christian da- Dawkins, yeah, Dawkins was uh, I'll do whatever it takes. Basically, I'll get him to meet you. I have no dog in this fight. You know, basically, I want to be a head coach is kind of how he left it i mean he never i mean that's not pretty lie. open but
0: i don't yeah i mean unfortunately that that's not great but at the same time it could be a lot worse i mean if we're being real
1: he could be coming with allegations like that are already sanctioned like samson
0: i was gonna say it could be we could have hired him you know when he's under probation already yeah um that would not have been good But I
1: I think overall reading on him, like his background and he has familiarity with recruiting and, you know, the southern part of, you know, the country and everything you read is that he's really good at, you know, skill development and in particularly shooting um, is one of the things that he's known for. So that aspect is very intriguing. It was good to see that pretty much he kept a lot of the other guys kind of shuffled around positions. Right, so kind of kept kept those guys on staff. Um, well, I thought that was well yeah. the
0: Mike Roberts, the Mike Roberts as the associate AD for men's basketball. Um, I don't know if you saw that he mm-hmm. will be retained in some capacity. So I guess it's kind of him and Thad Mata's job to make sure that whatever those skeletons that are that are allegedly in Coach Yah, as his uh, Twitter handle is Coach Yah, uh, in that. Coach Yah's. Um, uh, you know, in his past, the skeletons in his closet, so to speak. Uh, those guys are the ones who are going to have to be in charge of making sure we're compliant, and that's a big, important job.
1: Yeah, and that's probably why you look at those other universities; they haven't had people who kind of just... Well, shoot, was it the Arizona AD who was assistant AD, whoever was in in on it with the, the Dawkins yeah. guy? So, not a
0: good, yeah, not a good deal when your when your admin is is in that role. So that'll be interesting to see what coach which coach Yah brings to the table. I'm excited. I think I'm more excited for Hoosier Hoops going forward than I've been in a while. So that's a positive. And then we've just got breaking news. Breaking news out of, bum, 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 out of Fishers, Indiana. Long time, Hamilton Southeastern boys basketball coach, Brian Satterfield, who I know pretty well, really good guy, uh, has stepped down as boys basketball coach at Hamilton Southeastern, the Royals. And he will take over as the head girls basketball coach. that is according to sources, I have not confirmed one hundred percent, but that is very reliable sources are saying that that's true. What are your thoughts, Austie?
1: Uh Could you give me a little more detail as to why he would leave the boys to the girls?
0: um I would I would have to I know he has daughters. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're basketball players. I don't know if i I, I wouldn't know. I know he does have daughters, so maybe, Maybe one of his daughters is coming into the program. I don't, I'd be honest, I don't know. Um, the girls program has been very, very good.
1: Yeah, so I guess if he has the opportunity or if his daughters are going to be in, you know, coming into high school as, you know, as a dad, as I am, uh, it kind of would be, would be pretty cool to, you know, coach your own kid at that level. And uh, I
0: think it would be terrible for my children to have to play for me.
1: Yeah, I would feel sorry for them.
0: I'd feel sorry for your but little if, guy playing for but if, you.
1: But if you had the opportunity to jump on something like that, I feel like I mean, it would be hard you can't to turn pass that up. You can't pass hard that to up. turn down. Um, but I guess the second thought is like, man, that's a very coveted job in that area, and um,
0: I think I, every there, there's going to be hundreds of applicants for that. Yeah, it'll be uh, that'll be a so crazy hire.
1: So you're saying
0: that Charlie should not throw his name in the hat,
1: only if. You put dad on your dad. resume, okay. and if we get an interview, I'll we, we step brother the interview.
0: Oh, I'm so in, all in, like, all in. Are we? <laughs> I'm only doing
1: it if we wear tuxes. Uh, no, tuxedo t-shirts.
0: Oh, oh, you know why? Because that yeah. shows that I mean business, but I still like to party. Right. Yeah. Like. So uh, I'm I'm way in on this. I will I'll work on the app tonight. It'll be in. Uh, I'll have it turned in by by midday tomorrow. Um, when when anybody asks me what I'm doing at work when I'm supposed to be working, I'll be like, I'm I'm doing very important paperwork.
1: Do you think we could get the upper echelon of the IU athletic department, since they're an avid listener of our pod, to I think be well, a reference? Since we're since
0: they're possibly avid listeners, <laughs> we can neither confirm nor deny if anybody in the in the upper reaches of the <laughs> athletic department at IU are part of are, are fans of the pod. If they are, I think I would have to reach out and ask as, as a reference because I think that letter of recommendation could be strong because they know my basketball acumen through this illustrious rocket ship of the Internet podcast that is the Hoosier Hoopsteria with Charlie and Dad. I like it. I like it, too. I think this is a great plan. There's nothing that could go wrong here.
1: Absolutely not, except I <laughs> have to tell my wife if you get the job we're moving.
0: Well, that's going to go really bad for you. I would argue, though, that it's pretty unlikely that you're going to have to worry about that. You may have to just say, "Hey, I've got I'm going down to the Fisher's area for something for one day, if we can get an interview in our tuxedo t-shirts." Yeah,
1: but I have one, I have one problem though. What? I don't have a tuxedo t-shirt.
0: I'll get you one. Amazon, right. dude. Come on, I All got right. this. It'll be I here waiting for you. you. Need a large, or extra large. Uh, probably a large. You go good. That's good. If you reset extra large, I would have said, Come on, dad. Seriously. Well, I've
1: actually, I've actually, dad's been slimming down a little bit. He's starting to get into mediums.
0: Ch- oh, I, I will never go back to mediums. That's not sh- happening.
1: Sh- no sh- mediums.
0: Char- Charlie was never a big medium guy. It was a little too snug around the shoulders. And I always just felt like people thought I was like trying to be like that guy, you know, the guy who thinks he's like big. A but G- not. Like
1: a GTL guy.
0: Yeah. Like I, I'm not that guy. So I always, I, and, and I grew up in the 90s. So big baggy clothes were what was cool then. And so, as a result, I don't think it would be a good plan for me to um, to start wearing muscle shirts. I'm just not that tough. I'm not that cool. <laughs> there are things that I can pull off. I, I don't feel comfortable in that. I like it. That accentuates my dad bod a little too much.
1: Yeah, and and your nickname's Charlie, so you got to wear, be a little more cash. Got to be a little more cash. Got to got
0: to look clean. Got my new, got my got my haircut this you know the other night, looking sharp, looking sharp. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what's going to come on the pod tonight. We've got a coachism of the night again tonight. Before our guest gets on, what's the coachism of the night tonight, Dad? Battle, battle. You got a battle.
1: Just got battle,
0: Dad. Sometimes things get tough in life. You got a battle. You got to battle through them. You got to look at that adversity. You got to battle it.
1: Yeah, you They're can't work. You can't just fold up your your tent. Like you got a battle. You got a battle.
0: No, no quitters. No we got time yeah. for that. So our our guest will jump on a little bit. Like I said, uh, first-ever collegiate-level coach. Uh, He's had an amazing basketball odyssey, which I'm sure Fish will tell us about um, when he jumps on. Fish likes to go through all that stuff. I don't want to step on Fish's toes. Yeah, Uh, I don't want
1: to do that either.
0: But but I'm excited. I'm excited about this. It's going to be good. We've had good success with with, uh, guests, so let's hope we don't mess that up. So we've got... Um, Nothing else really major going on in our world. The the Pacers are sitting at 25 and 28. Um, We got the loss of the tragic loss of Slick Leonard this week. I mean, you know, 88 years old, great life lived. And um, and the Hoosiers have fulfilled the staff. So we've pretty much closed all the. All the things we had going are are pretty much closed up. So pretty excited about that. We, I think we lost dad again. No, I'm on here. Okay, good. I thought I lost you. There you are,
1: our uh, our guest. He said, "Does he have to let me in, or do I need to go somewhere with better service?" It says, "Getting ready."
0: Um, I
1: don't see him. You'll be able to join in just a moment.
0: Let me look. I don't. I'm not getting a that he wants in. I think he must be in a dead zone. Oh man, we don't want our guests to have to wait on this. This is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Unacceptable.
1: Dad is the only one allowed to have technical difficulties.
0: That's true. You are the technical difficulty king of the Charlie and Dad show. Well, this'll be good. This will be a good pod, Dad, because I'm not driving.
1: This will be a great pod since you are not driving. Oh,
0: and I feel like I need to give the I feel like I need to give our listeners an update on how my post uh post shot uh health is. Yeah, how did it go? It got ugly, man. Oh, here we go. We've got our guest. Hold on a second. We're going to introduce our guest. Uh, he, he just made it on. We're so excited to have him. Fish, Fish, could you uh, could you bring our, our guest into the show? Well, fans, joining the Hoosterics tonight, Charlie Adad is a coach who's been on a basketball odyssey since his graduation from the greatest university in the world, Indiana University, in 2002. Coach Henney left IU and moved to another hotbed of hoops, North Carolina, where he first served as a high school assistant coach at Fred T. Ford High School until 2006. He left Ford and began his college coaching career in 2006 with a one-year stint at Lenore Rhine University. I have no idea if I said that properly or not. From Lenore Rhine, he moved on to Division I level as the director of basketball operations at Davidson University from, I believe, 2006 to 2008. After Davidson, he tried his hand at being a head basketball coach at the high school level back in his home state of Indiana at Gibson Southern, where he led Gibson Southern to a sectional championship game before coach moved back to the college game in the powerful NAIA Crossroads Conference as an associate head coach at Huntington College. After a few years there, he moved on this time to his current post as assistant at one of the premier NAIA programs in the nation, the University of St. Francis, where he is part of a staff who's won at least one regular season title, one conference tournament title, and the best NAIA conference in America, and two NAIA national championship games. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to our first collegiate coach, Coach Jeremy Henney. What's going on, Coach? I'm not even going to clap. That's weak sauce, Dad. Hey, I gotta, Fish, gotta I gotta appreciate it. Coach, how, how the heck are you, man?
2: I'm doing great. Struggle with technology a little bit. Sorry about that. Hey, listen, you guys you guys
0: are up in Fort Wayne and apparently <laughs> that's like an epidemic up there. Dad can never get his technology to work right. So, you know, it is what it is.
2: There's <laughs> a little that, bit of an issue gotta, up here. I gotta know where Dad got his nickname. Is that? Is Do you that not from know the dad's physique? nickname?
0: Oh, Dad, we gotta retell the his, story. Is that from his, his physique? Well, you know that.
1: Yeah, back in the day it, it's well I can't remember what episode we, Was it three? We talked about it, or I don't know.
0: We gave a full rundown, but I think it's going to need to be a dad uh, repeat. That's a high quality.
1: I'll give our (laughs) listeners another good story again. So, Gigs, Giggles, and I used to get up shots at Noblesville. We coached together, and Giggles and I would shoot with those big balls, uh, and. Get, the, you know, training, get a, the training, the training, the, the training ones big still, balls. Skill
0: building big balls. Yeah. Come on, it's still a, it's
1: a yeah, family like the show. Heavy balls. Yeah. yeah. So just just trying to get better at after <laughs> college. Well, why you would do that, I don't know. But so after we get done shooting, just like playing horse or pig, whatever it was, I'd have this little pool of sweat right above my belly button and on my shirt. <laughs> You would see this like little round thing and the guys would come out and be like, coach, man, like you got to lose some weight. (laughs) And I look at the guys back "Nah, man, I'm just working on that dad bod like no big deal (laughs) because that was the time when like you'd see all those videos and pictures where they would show all these celebrities with those big old bellies hanging over and everybody was working on the dad bod. He's I figured I'd do with your bob, your physique. Well, you, but, you know yeah. the
0: physique of dad is is epic.
1: Man, it's it's rock <laughs> solid, I'll tell you that.
0: I'm sure I'm telling you. And you're you were just bragging earlier about how you're slimming down. So that's that's good oh, stuff. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. You, I'm proud of you. Well, Coach Eddie man, thanks so much for joining us, dude. So uh we like to uh we like to grill our our uh our guests we've only had a few but you you're honored here We're, you're our first college coach i'm pretty pumped about this i don't know about dad over there but i mean i know he gets to talk to you pretty regularly i haven't seen you in years so that's pretty awesome
2: <laughs> i'm excited to be on this will be fun
0: so tell us a little bit we know uh, our, our our all we know is the bio that fish gave us so we know you're originally from fort wayne so kind of tell us how your uh, how your love affair with the game of basketball began and just give us kind of some of that background
2: Sure. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Indiana University, like Fish mentioned, and I was a business student. And then I worked uh, some girl from Delta Gamma. I worked at Delta Gamma. She talked me into working this inner city uh, camp, in just outside of Branson, Missouri, one summer. And I went and worked it, and realized that I wanted to, you know, work with youth. So I decided to get into education. So I went to the Wright School of Education, switched out of the business school. And then I took a teaching job in Newton, North Carolina. And there I decided to help out um, the head basketball coach, Lance Watson, who uh, really got me into coaching, asked me if, if I wanted to help out. Helped him for four years, had a great experience. We made it to like the Elite Eight one year, got to coach at Wake Forest University um, and just had a lot of fun, but had a dream of coaching at the collegiate level. So I took a job with uh, – at Lenore Ryan. You did say it right earlier, so –
1: That's uh, it. I'm sorry. <laughs> finished, finished that Finish that right
2: earlier. I <laughs> <laughs> could not find a
0: grammatically correct uh, – uh, I couldn't find, like, a breakdown of how you say this.
2: So that, that was pretty impressive. But the head coach, uh, his name's John Lentz, he was actually – um, college roommate of Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes actually went to oh, Lenore Ryan. They were college roommates, and from what he says, he was a lot better player than Rick Barnes. And <laughs> I, th- I think that was I think that was true. But so I, I worked for him. Um, actually, I never coached a game at Lenore Ryan. I helped him really? recruit in the spring. Helped him recruit in the spring, and then um, in August. Coach McKillop called Coach Lenz and asked permission to interview me or whatever and then hired me as a director of operations. So I had a good relationship with Coach McKillop. I would uh, work his camp every summer. He puts on an unbelievable camp. And when I wanted to get into college coaching, that's how I networked. I would work every camp I could in the summer. Absolutely. So I just – all summer I'd go work, you know, Army – UNC Greensboro, any camp I could work, anybody that would take me, I'd go work Mm -hmm. and just try to network as much as possible. And then when I was at Fred T. Ford, we would have our high school practice and then I'd drive 45, 50 minutes to Davidson, watch their practice and just try to learn as much as I could. And then also try to network as much as possible. And then when I would work camps, I would just try to outwork every other coach at the camps. You know, mostly it was a few high school coaches, like Division three coaches, Division two coaches, trying to climb the ladder, and I just tried to outwork them and caught Coach McKillop's attention, and um, he hired me. And um, so that's kind of how I ended up at Davidson. Like I said, so the director of operations is like the fourth assistant. Yeah. Uh, Can you talk to I, our I,
1: listeners a little bit about like your responsibilities when you were uh, director of ops? Yeah. I
0: I imagine most of them don't really understand that role. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, there's good things and bad things. And when I took the job, like I knew I was not going to have a lot of input. Like I knew I took the job to learn because coach McKillips, like he's, he's known as one of the best coaches in college basketball. Oh, He's phenomenal. Uh, He's extremely popular, like overseas, like internationally. Um, He's extremely connected. Um, So I, he was the one guy that I wanted to learn from and work for. And I was just blessed to have that opportunity Major of operations handles everything from like on-campus recruiting. So things that they can't do, they cannot be on the court during practice. They cannot, um, be off camp. Like they cannot do any recruiting off campus. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you can only have three guys on the road at once. Um, so I was not allowed to recruit off campus. So I handle a lot of like the recruiting on campus and a lot of the travel, um, a lot of responsibilities um, during practice. Um, crazy thing is, is like I would work 70, 80, 90 hours a week. Like you wouldn't think the head coach could find a lot of things for the director of operations to do, but like, I would. I worked a ton of hours, but you enjoyed your job, so it wasn't. It wasn't like it was fun, but like it's. It's a. It's a stressful job. Uh, being a Division One assistant or director of operations is a very stressful job. Being a head coach is even more stressful, um, but you enjoy you enjoy doing it. So.
0: So when you were at Davidson, um, you know, like for the vast majority of our, you know, the people who like, I mean, myself, even I had heard of Davidson. I knew a little bit about Davidson, but obviously you were there, like literally when Davidson kind of blew up nationally with, with Steph Curry, right? Like that was that time period, wasn't it?
2: We were, we were then coach McKillop had. So when I was there, Davidson was in the Southern conference. Mm -hmm. So just to name a few schools, like Appalachian state, College of Charleston, probably two of the most famous, yeah. but you had like oh, yeah. Elon, Citadel, Furman, Wofford. Wofford's had some success in the NCAA tournament recently. Um, but those are some of the schools in the Southern Conference, uh, UNC Greensboro. Um, so, like when I was at Davidson, um, the head coach at Iowa now, okay. uh, help me out. Yeah, he, he was the head coach at UNC Greensboro at the time. Um, but <clears throat> that that's the league that I was that I was in at that time um so it was a it was a smaller conference Charlie remind me of the question
0: just uh, just kind of that you know that that time period of Wake like, when okay, you were there yeah, you were
2: talking about yeah you're kind of there so when they kind getting, of blew
0: up nationally right
2: yeah yeah so what I was getting at is davidson had had a lot of success like mm-hmm. coach McKillop had been to several NCAA tournaments but always the 15 seed or the 16 right. seed so when I got there you know I show up on campus and um, obviously I knew Steph Curry was committed because his dad's extremely right famous in that area played 14 16 years in the NBA yeah so I, I knew he was coming but he had only had um, three Division one scholarships. So um, you know, Davidson was probably the right place for him out of high out of high school. Uh, but because because of him and we had a point guard named Jason Richards. Yeah. So they had they had went to the they had went to the NCAA tournament the year before, nice. but they but they graduated like five they graduated like five or six seniors. Um so I think we were picked like sixth or seventh in the league. And then we ended up going like nineteen one in conference play, um, getting a fourteen Jeez. seed. We played. We played Maryland that year in the first round. The crazy thing is, is I, I still feel like I'm young, but as soon as we drew, <laughs> as soon as we drew Maryland in the first round, I was in charge of to answer. Austin was asking me my job responsibilities. Back then, you had a thing called film exchange. Yep. So. Yep. Every day I would go to FedEx and either send VHS or CDs out or uh, DVDs out or I would receive VHS or yeah. DVDs yeah. in the mail. So we knew a guy on staff at Clemson. We drew Maryland. So as soon as Selection Show we find out who we are, I'm in a car driving to Clemson and um, got a bunch of DVDs from Clemson. Um, to start watching film on Maryland, so they had uh, Daryl Strawberry's son at the time. Yeah. He was probably their yeah. best player. We uh, we were we were up eight with eight minutes to go, and um, just got tired. And they were just a lot bigger and stronger than we were, and we lost in the first round. But then that next year is when I mean we we went twenty and zero in conference. Um, we we were the end up being the ten seed. We played the Gonzaga as a seven seed in the first round. We beat them. Um, I think Steph had like 41 points.
0: Yeah, he was unreal. I remember that game.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. And then and that was in Raleigh and then the at NC State. And then the um, second round, Georgetown, I think, won the Big East that year. They had like Roy Hibbert. They actually yeah. had.
0: Um, Wasn't that the group that uh, the year before went to the Final Four?
2: I think it was, yeah. Yeah. They had. Um, That's crazy. Uh, what What was the guard that transferred to IU? Um, uh,
0: Jeremiah Rivers.
2: Yeah, they had Jeremiah Rivers. Yep. So Steph put like forty on them. He destroyed. I think them. we were we were down like seventeen to Georgetown, and and came back and um, beat them, and then played Wisconsin. Wisconsin won the Big Ten that year. Uh, we played them in the Sweet Sixteen, and then had a chance to beat Kansas at the buzzer. And
0: I remember, I remember no joke coach. I remember sitting and being in my living room now with one of my best friends watching and rooting for you guys. Like, like, I mean, like it was our team because (laughs) I, yeah. Like, because we were just like, this is so cool watching this team that, you know, and this kid that's just taking the tournament by storm and this pro, I mean, I mean I remember yeah. that vividly just going, oh, and like the, the shot doesn't go down and just
1: oh unbelievable. What a yeah. what a uh-huh. what a run. He just Six. I think Steph just Six. battles like no other, you know, like he just just he, battles. He's just got a supreme
2: honestly, he's just got like a supreme confidence. You know, like if um uh, and I think it's it's rare even at the NBA level, but like if he if he misses sixteen shots in a row he thinks he's 100% sure his 17 shots going in. And and that's that's rare even at the NBA level. And I think that's, that's what makes him special and just a great teammate and great person and stuff like that. But something that's kind of cool is uh, I think that year might have been the year that Dockage finished out the season as the head coach at IU. I think you're right. We played – I can't remember. We played either right before in the first round, right before IU played Arkansas. I think they lost to Arkansas in the first round
0: they in Raleigh,
2: and they, they played yeah. right before us or right after. I can't remember, but that was kind of cool for me being an IU grad.
0: Absolutely. Well, actually, uh, you and I you and I were at IU at the same time. If you graduated, you graduated in 02. I graduated in 03, so... It's amazing. We probably had classes together if you were a social studies major because I was too. We probably sitting in Ballantine Hall together listening to professors talk about whatever uh, for social studies stuff. So it's pretty cool. I'm glad I, I, didn't, I didn't know that.
2: I didn't attend very often, but if I did, <laughs> i <laughs>
0: well, so bl- is
2: it be to So
0: is it safe to say, Coach, that it's not really surprising – that Davidson's rise kind of happened right at the same time that Coach Henny got there. Like, I mean, these things coincided
2: <laughs>
0: pretty well.
2: I will say, like, I, I would say, like, it had a, <laughs> way more to do with Steph Curry. <laughs> and the other guys we had, like, like Jason Richards. Oh, he was good. Was our point guard. And he led the nation assist that year. Obviously, he's throwing it to Steph every possession, which yeah, that
1: Like when you have the best but, shooter in the but game,
2: he he got um, he was he was with the Heat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Torres did not get drafted, but they signed him to a, a two-year. I think a two-year deal or one-year deal. Tore his ACL. They kept him on, and he tore his eight, other ACL. Um, it was a heck of a player. We had a. Um, post player out of Cincinnati. It's the toughest kid I've ever coached, Thomas Sander. Um, he gonna be mad if he hears this. <laughs> Cushingberry's right <laughs> there with Thomas. We talked. We've talked
1: about Cush on here. <laughs> yeah. How oh, yeah. he is. And Taylor Purvis. Uh,
2: Cushingberry's a tough kid too. But this this kid was this kid was tough. Um, I, I guess guessing he's taller had, than
1: five seven though.
2: We had he was he was six seven. And uh, so, I mean, we had we had really good pieces. But one thing about Davidson that you, like the two years I was there, like, man, our staff loved each other and we loved being around each other and just had a lot of fun. And I think that goes a long way. Oh, yeah. Man, to go,
1: to go off of that, that kind of sounds a lot like the group that you just had this past year.
2: No question. And I, as far as toughness or staff, staff and
1: toughness and just liking yeah. your team.
2: That's what, yeah, I mean, we had a really fun, really fun group to coach and Cushenberry is such a tough kid and he forces everybody else to, um, it's just contagious. Everybody else competes because of the way he competes. Well, the next time that
0: you, the next time you talk to, to Cushenberry, you just make sure you thank him for Charlie for leaving Lawrence North. And uh, and going to Warren Central his senior year because I, I I don't think I could like him if he stayed at LN. That's just <laughs> what, is what it is. So I'm proud of him for making that that choice, moving a little further east. That's always a good thing.
2: Um, I'll definitely Coach, tell, him. tell
0: us tell us a little bit about how you um, how you ended up going from Davidson. I know we don't have to touch on you know too much. Whatever you feel good about, but kind of give us. Sure. You know how did you how you go from being an ops guy to you know did you want more responsibility? Come back to Indiana, kind of how'd that all happen?
2: No, and we were in the Southern Conference at the time, mm-hmm. so like I I'm basically like the operations guy's almost a volunteer position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the time the third assistant was making like twenty six twenty eight thousand dollars with no benefits. <laughs> um, so,
1: Holy smokes!
2: So after that season, I'm hearing rumors that Coach McLeod got offered the Stanford job. I'm like, come on, Coach, take, like help your brother out, like go ahead and take the Stanford job. But he just, I'm in. He, he's been at Stanford for, or I mean, he's been at Davidson for thirty years, and all three of his kids went there, and he knows he can win there. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, he there was a lot of jobs he could have taken while I was there. I think he got offered like Seton Hall, St. John's. Wow. I know Wake Forest wow. talked to him. Um, but so anyways, <laughs> that year ends. My wife gets pregnant. She wants to stay at home.
0: Um, not on the ops guy salary, huh?
2: Not, no. <laughs> you so, can't bat. You can't battle with the, uh, you got, yeah, that. You're not, you're not battling and, through
1: that one. I know that line. even, <laughs>
2: even like the third, the third uh, assistant, Tim Sweeney, great guy. He left for Bucknell for their second position. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, $26,000, 28000 I can't remember what it was, but no benefits didn't work either. So That's great. my wife's from Evansville, Gibson Southerns, just north of Evansville um, in Fort Branch, Indiana. So I took a head high school job there, and I enjoyed it. It was, you know, a big difference between being at Davidson where I didn't have a ton of responsibility – I was super busy, but as far as from a coaching standpoint, didn't have a ton of input to run my own team. Um, was a lot of fun. Got to gain a lot of good experience. Um, so so that was cool. But then she got pregnant again. I guess I'm good at that. Um, and she <laughs> at wanted, least she's good at something. She, had, she wanted to stay at home. So I, I got into sales for two years, made good money, but just... Just missed coaching, so
0: well, I that's when
2: you know, I was. Yeah, so I was in-
0: and I was like, he's got like a two years. I can't
1: find. Where'd they go? So that's. Yeah, um, so I'm so glad you filmed you. Me you couldn't find our crack research. Couldn't find it. Oh, I'm. I am the crack research. <laughs> All right. I, I,
0: as soon as you start pulling your crack research, wait. We'll start I did I, it. did. I did. And I did. I sent, sent you the link, and I had to read the info. <laughs> I asked you one question. I did I did the research like You're killing me, Dad. You're killing me.
2: Yeah. So I did sales, I did sales in Greenwood, Indiana, actually, for one oh, year. God's and country. Then, That's
0: where my whole family's from.
2: Okay, so then the and I, I liked it there. I'd say um I'm not sure my wife loved it, but I liked it. And then the same position, handling a little bit more money, opened up in Fort Wayne. I knew I was gonna get out, so my parents said come up here, you can stay with us. And then when you get out, you're not tied to anything. So I did that. And then that's when I took the associate. um, So I did that for two years, basically took the associate head position. Or I took an assistant position at Huntington, worked my way up to the associate. How'd you get
1: tied into Huntington? I've never talked to you about that. How'd you, how'd you have
2: that? Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a crazy story. Actually I met, um, I was actually going to, I had committed to coach at Lures as an assistant with um James Blackman Sr. That worked
0: had, out well he for He had you.
2: junior at Lures. He had he had junior at Lures and I I knew they were gonna be good. Yeah. They had the uh Jalen uh
1: Thomas Kitts, Jalen you,
2: Smith, the Jalen linebacker. Smith, yeah. yeah. Jalen Smith, they had Mike the coach linebacker for the, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, so they had
1: Mike. I knew uh, they were gonna be good. Yeah. Can't think of his name.
2: I knew they were going to be good, um, so I felt like it'd be just a a good position to win games and try to get on somewhere else, and then I met a guy that was going to give me a help me out with a teaching position mm-hmm. in Huntington at the Bob Evans right off 24 in uh, Fort Wayne, and Ty Platt, the head coach at Huntington at the time, was there, so yeah. we started talking, yeah. and it just worked out, so... My my first year at Huntington, I walked in the gym. I didn't know anything about NAIA basketball, and I could tell we were not very talented. But I or didn't you know had, or, or that
1: it. you had recruiting rules.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I've never, <laughs> I've never worried about that. <laughs> but,
1: neither is neither is anybody else in Division One. We talked about that before you jumped on.
2: <laughs> so, so we just. Um, so I took that job We, We were, I think we we're maybe predicted eighth, ninth in the league. We finished eighth. We did beat Indiana Wesleyan in the first round of the conference tournament. And then that next year, I think we were predicted eighth in the league, hmm. finished tied for second, went to the national tournament. Um, and then, so that, that was one of the most fun years I've ever had coaching. And just because I had a ton of responsibility, mm-hmm. we overachieved. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so that was a fun year. And then, after my, I think I was there three or four years, and then um, the University of Saint Francis head coach Chad Lacrosse and their associate head coach Luke Cummings, a big hospital in town, um, put some like put some money behind them to kind of run uh, the the Sport One facility, which is an eight court facility in Fort Wayne, and then they hired me to do that. I was living in Huntington, or I'm sorry, I was living in Fort Wayne, driving to Huntington every day. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you take this job, you have to coach at St. Francis. Um, So it was better pay. It was in town. It gave me a lot of flexibility where I could take my kids to school, pick them up from school, go on field trips. And man, it's just been an unbelievable experience. My first year, we go to the national championship game. We win the league. We win the Crossroads League. Um, this year is my sixth year. We've been to two national championships. This year we made it to the Final Four. The first year of um, NAIA NAI going to one division. Um, I love the staff I'm on. We hang out off off the court like our families are good friends. Uh, we just we got a good thing going on, and it's been it's been a lot of fun.
1: I did look at uh, that Shawnee guy. I looked up his stats, and he has like. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's been there three years, right? That Probably. O- the seven-footer. Yeah, he's got five yeah. five 524 blocks. The all-time leading shot blocker in NAI history is Gus Johnson. He has 608. And then the all-time leading shot blocker for Division one I, I can't think of the guy's name, but he has 564. Is it Wilt Chamberlain? Really? No, I can't sure. remember. It's something <laughs> with a Y. But uh, Onu is going to smash both of those. Cause that dude, he's, uh, I saw he, he actually
2: was
1: talk about going to the NBA, or I'm guessing he's going. to He declared.
2: I saw on Twitter he declared for the NBA draft. I'm guessing if it doesn't work out, he'll transfer to a Division One. Uh, he's he's unbelievable as far as, just like he's always the second jumper. Like his, oh. uh, for the for the listeners, this is a seven footer that plays for Shawnee State out of Portsmouth, Ohio. He. Um, they end up winning the national championship. We played him in the final four, Um, but he's just, his hands are huge. He's extremely long, but great timing. Like he's always a second jumper, never leaves his feet. And um, I I think he averaged like nine or 10 um, blocks a game in the national tournament, shoots like 43, 40% from threes, led his team in three field goals uh, made. I, I don't 11, think he can play in the NBA. He, I don't think he was one of the he,
1: yeah. Go he ahead. was one of the most impre- impressive players that I've I, and I watch about every game you guys play. He's one of the most impressive players that I've seen. I've seen at that level.
2: I think so. I think definitely changes the game more than anybody yeah. um, that we faced at our level. And I think he'll it'd be tough for him to play in the NBA just because I don't think mm-hmm. he can score this back to the basket at that level. But I think he's gonna make a lot of money overseas.
0: I was gonna say he he'd go make make enough money overseas to uh, have a pretty darn good life, right? Sure. Well, coach, tell us a little bit. A lot of our listeners, we don't we talk a little bit about the Crossroads League because you know obviously Dad's got connections and I follow it pretty. I mean honestly, pretty closely. Um, kind of tell us the difference between like what when people what? think of NAIA versus like what they see on TV, NCAA, you know, Division One basketball. Kind of give us give us kind of the differences of of what you're looking at and how that, how the game is different.
2: Yeah. I just think, I just think uh, like division one's just maybe a little bit longer, a little bit more athletic. Okay. Um, But as far as, you know, I think some of the kids at our level are, are more skilled. I would agree. They just, they just have something missing. You know, I think even the top kids that are in our league just have something listen missing. So they may be, you know, they may shoot 48% from threes, but they're six foot instead of six, four. Yeah. Well, you you talk about Cush, Cush is,
1: Cush <laughs> is five, seven. If he's six, oh, if one, he was, like, if, if he was six, two, store. that dude would be a monster.
2: <laughs> yeah. If he's six, two, he's playing in the league. Exactly. You right? know, and, yeah. and, and I, you know, I think he had a couple of division one offers, um, you know, when he was a sophomore, but just never grew. And, Mhm. Teams are teams are concerned about his size and length. But I, I think that's the biggest thing is I, I think our league is probably more skilled than most, you know, most or our league or teams in our league or athletes in our league, the really good players are more skilled than a lot of the high major kids, but they're, you know, three, four, five inches taller and, yeah. and longer and more athletic. I think that I think that's the biggest difference.
0: Biggest difference. So that that and that's kind of what I, th- I I kind of would have thought too. And obviously, I've I've never coached at that level. And I mean, I I met you when you were coming down checking one of our kids out, and, and sure. of we had we had dad on the staff. So I'm sure that that made it not necessarily what you guys wanted to deal with when you came down. You were, you were more like, oh, great, yeah, <laughs> nobody it. wants
2: that's to fun. deal with that. Like if they don't, and he didn't to. help us out at all. Like I thought, yeah, for sure he did, we he didn't. Either, him, even even that's that's out why, all.
1: I'm going to have to get Johnny K on here and just talk oh, about great. the things oh, that I was great. saying to him.
2: I'll text it him. It may have actually hurt us. No.
1: Man, you <laughs> would have won a Natty if you'd had Johnny K. Let's not even talk about I that. I know.
2: No question. I, I, I just think we probably should have went through Charlie instead of going through Dave. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I can't. Charlie, Charlie,
0: had, Charlie had had the ear a little bit better. But I, I, know, <laughs> were, I was tight with the parents. They knew. <laughs> dad, Dad was battling
1: like nobody's business. I'll you can you battle, right and now, battle and battle and
0: battle, but you you were outmatched in that bad. one, babe. I love you, but I was <laughs> getting you
1: there. uh So I think, uh, 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 Coach, some of our uh some of our listeners are some some young coaches that are are looking to get into coaching and and our uh, coaching and just looking some for some advice at uh, like the high school level. I know you had the the one year at a. Uh, being an head coach, and then you talked about how you were going to be – talked about being an assistant coach for Blackman. And so you talk – you kind of gave a little bit on what you would do going to camps and things. So, like, what kind of advice would you give to guys trying to get into, you know, a particular level or getting into coaching?
2: Sure. No, I think – I mean, the biggest thing is at any level, like, as an assistant, I think loyalty is huge. All definitely at the division one level, like you, you gotta, you gotta be two things. Like you have to be loyal. Like the head coach has to understand you're going to be loyal to him. And then like, this sounds harsh, but they don't care what, you know, like you have to be able to get kids. Like if you want to move up at the division one level, you have to be able to get kids and you have to um, network. You have to, you have to know AAU coaches, (laughs) high school coaches, um, and you, you just have to be able to get kids. At, at any level, I think just be humble. Try to learn as much as you can. Um, it's it's not a job where you're going to work 30, 35 hours a week and play a bunch of golf. Like You, you have to grind, you have to outwork so, everybody so if you want so, so, not my job. So, are you, are you saying so dad not. couldn't cut it? Or is that what you're saying? It'd be a tough gig for dad. but honestly in the end like it's it's tough on a family like if if um you know a lot of division one coaches are divorced or alcoholics and it's it's a stressful job you're not around your family much like it's 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 not being a college basketball coach um, and even a high school basketball a, a lot of um, the head coach at Emory named Jason Zimmerman. He played at uh, Warsaw High School, ended up playing at Davidson High School for, or I'm sorry, Davidson College for Coach McKillop, was an assistant at Davidson, but he's the head coach at Emory, which is an unbelievable Division Three job in yes. Atlanta. Yes. Um, he told me once, he said, being a Division Three head coach is not near as stressful as Eighty percent of the high school jobs in the state of Indiana. So wow. um, I can see even uh, even coaching at the high school level in um, Indiana is tough on a family. The hours you spend, the you know what you, you know dealing with the school board and um, crazy parents and stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's not what everybody you know. Everybody can watch basketball on TV and think they'd be a great coach, but it's, I mean, you you guys know how if it is. It's not,
1: Parents are it's not. I'll
2: tell you that. Yeah. You really got question. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, um I would, I would say like, if, if you really want to do it, like you have to be loyal, you have to be willing to grind. Like you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff with your family. Um, and then, you know, especially at the, college level like networking is extremely important so talking about
0: you know it, it's interesting you brought up parents so obviously i i'm still in education um as an administrator and i deal with parents all day every day uh talk sure. about the difference between like how you guys handle parents at the collegiate level versus the high school level you know i mean I've, I've not coached at the college level but i've spent a lot of time in high school and i've dealt with a lot of parents some great some not so great but kind of tell me the difference between that.
2: I, I mean, I, I think it's at at the collegiate level, you don't really deal with parents. I mean, I think if I mean, we'll, we'll talk to parents and stuff like that. But if if um, I mean, a big thing like when we recruit, like if a if if a kid has crazy parents, we try to avoid that kid, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So.
0: We just, can you say we that again? So our younger, so our parents <laughs> our pod
2: can hear that. Yeah, I'll say it again. If if a kid's parents are crazy, like we try to avoid that kid, you um, sound and like we just won't recruit pod, them. So, <laughs> so I, I we don't necessarily I, at the collegiate level. Um, I I don't think we just don't really talk to parents as far as playing time or any, you know, even, like, what they can get better at or, you know, kids 18, 19, 20 years old, like, we just deal with the athlete. But Um, I I
1: will say uh, this, uh, knowing the program and how you guys run it and and how you just kind of put guys in their place, it's like they guys know where they stand. So if if you ever got something from a parent, like, ask your kid. Like, we've told him numerous times, like, um the – it leaves out that gray area. It's like, no, your kid knows nope. where he stands, and that's just no the culture it. that you guys have built.
2: Coach Lacrosse is great as just at just being like honest with the with the guys, and um, like there there's no curveballs. Like they they know exactly where they're at and what they need to work on and stuff like that. So he's good at just being upfront and honest with them. Um, so to just to kind of piggyback off what Dad said, but um, at the high school level. Whenever I was a head coach, the first thing I, when I had a parent meeting, you know, the first thing I told the parents was, you, you can always contact me and you can always ask me what your kid can work on to get better at. But one thing I will never talk about, well, two things, I'll never talk about another athlete yep. on the team yeah. and I'll never talk about playing time. And I would tell them, like, you can ask me what your athlete needs to get better at, but you're probably not going to like my response. And, you know, if, if if a parent contacted me, like, I'd have, like, 164 things their kid need to work on. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, you're not trying to give him like one or two. It's like I'm no, gonna give you a whole list. No,
2: like, like you were gonna fall asleep. You were gonna fall asleep either in person or on the phone, like with me telling you what your kid could work on.
1: You just had a list, and it was just generic. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. go through this list and tell you either I'm Thanks. done talking, or you're you. You're over it. Talk.
2: Oh, like they 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 really need to they really need to work on talking in transition like they really need it they they really need to like when they substitute into a game like i like the way they go to the scores table they really need to work on it i I just
0: wear them out that's a good coaching point though i mean that's something i'll tell
1: you that right now you gotta battle through it i would i would i would would just get i gotta give you
0: props on that because that's a that's a really good way to handle it i mean as a guy who has had a lot of those conversations that are hard to get out of. Sure. Um, you know, if I'd have come with that approach, it might have saved me some time uh, <laughs> and some and some. No, it, <laughs> it,
1: it would have just saved your ears because you just been talking the whole time. Like you wouldn't have yeah, listened to them at well, all. I'm I
0: always like, do that anyway. I I always think <laughs> that's good. Wait, that's uh, why I'm the
1: color color commentator.
0: That's right. You're the color guy. I'm. I do all. The, <laughs> I do all the nonstop running my mouth. <laughs> Uh, coach, tell us a little bit about recruiting. Like, I think that's kind of the thing that nobody really, everybody thinks they know about, but sure. really doesn't know anything about. So tell us a little bit about recruiting kids.
2: No, no, honestly, I think that's the biggest thing from like coaching high school to coaching college, and and the thing that I I really enjoy um, is is recruiting and something that I hope I hope I excel at and. I'm able to, you know, help out the University of St. Francis, but, and I, and I think honestly it's the most important part of a college head coach or college um, staff is bringing in players that fit your program and that can help you can compete for championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some of the, some of the things that are important are finding guys that are going to fit in your program and, um, obviously one thing that we look for is toughness. Like we want kids that are tough kids that are compete. Um, and then you got to find um, like, if you want to compete for championships, you got to find guys that have other opportunities. So like, we're not like, we can't just go find guys that we're the only people that offer them. Like sure. we got to sure, find right. guys that have division right. one opportunities, high division two opportunities. If we're going to compete for championships and biggest things just, building relationships with like AU organizations, AU coaches, high school coaches, um, players. And I mean, it's a sales job. Like you got to find out. Yeah. So how do you
1: get a guy that's a a borderline kid to come to St. Francis,
2: then go to a
1: low major or a D2 school? How do you guys work around that?
2: Yeah. No, I think it's all about like building relationships and, um, finding out what makes them tick like you know what's important to them and I, I think that's the big thing is like if you know do they want to play at a small school do they you know what's whatever's important to them I try to find out early on and I try to um, make them feel comfortable with the University of St. Francis and coach lacrosse and our staff and the guys that we have in the locker room and um, you know hopefully it works out and you know we've been we've been able to you know, have a lot of success with that recently. And we're excited about where the program's headed.
1: I mean, I think what makes you guys successful is the, the amount of time that you guys devote to um, building relationships and finding guys that are those borderline kids that, but that want to play right away and also fit your culture and mold and want to be a part of, of something special. And I think that's something that uh, separates your staff uh, from most of the other NAI programs in the country.
2: And I, I think we have an easy easy place to sell. I mean, since I've been on staff, you know, this is my sixth year at St. Francis. We've been to two national championships and a final four. Been to a Sweet 16, which got cut short because of COVID. I felt like we could have went on a run that year. Um, we've been to another Sweet 16. Had one year we were probably one game short of making the national tournament. Um, but a big thing is like we're in the right next to downtown Fort Wayne, second biggest city in uh, the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, great campus. Great head coach. I mean, it's easy to sell Coach Lacrosse. He's a yeah,
0: players he's coach. Great. Guys
2: love playing for him. He is a good
0: dude. Uh, he is a good dude.
2: Had a lot of success, um, so I mean, I think that's that's there's there's just a lot of stuff to offer for um, for our university and our program. So it makes it easy um, to build relationships to build relationships and just sell it. So uh, we're fortunate um, to be where we're at, and to kind of piggyback off of that, like a lot of schools at our level are in. Um, and and I'm not going to name any schools in our conference like Arkansas in or Indiana or um, you know any schools like that that are just kind of out in the middle of nowhere like Taylor, um, but we're we're fortunate to be loving coach. We're fortunate to be you know in the second biggest city in Indiana where. You know, we might not always have the best facilities as some schools in our league, but outside of basketball, like, what are those kids going to do? Yeah, and we feel fortunate yeah. to be in Fort Wayne.
0: You don't think Ivanhoe's is like the is like a real big selling point at Taylor?
2: Hey, <laughs> well, how, <laughs> many, how many times? How many times? I will say this: There's guys on our staff that they'll drive 30, 40 minutes. Out <laughs> Yeah, Go to Ivan I, I, know, I
1: know who that guy is. We're not going to say any names, but I know who that is.
0: <laughs> you and the dad, weren't you on, when you were on the staff with, was that a road trip for you on a regular <laughs> day?
1: It's still a road trip on my way home. I'll tell you that. It's, it's, uh, oh, it is. But, it's right. It's but, right on the way home. But but that's a road trip, not some place where you want to be all the time. That's true.
0: All right, coach. Well, we we don't want to take too much of your time, so we got, we ask a couple of questions of every one of our guests. So the first one you got to give us that that we ask every 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 guest is um, best atmosphere you've ever been in. Doesn't matter if it's a player, coach, fan, at the high school level, college level, pro level. That one's a big one.
2: I'll give you. I'll give you two, both at the college level. Okay. Um, as a fan. When I was a senior at IU, I roomed with Kyle Hornsby. Um, so he was oh, a geez. shooting guard from Louisiana, um, played at IU. And, he and gave he's me now a party out all the He is in the Bloomington area. Yeah. Um, he was on all the – did you see him on the NCAA commercials? That hilarious. And, uh, in the NCAA tournament? Yeah. So So I roomed with him, really good friends. But he got me tickets to – the Sweet 16, and eventually ended up being the at lead Ruff. eight at Rupp Arena. Yes. Rupp Arena. They played Duke. Duke was the number one team in the country. They had, like, uh, Jason Williams, um, Carlos Boozer, all those guys. That was an <laughs> un- unbelievable atmosphere. That we was Mike Cousin Davis. We got
1: five going against them. The, <laughs> the A.J. Moye block.
2: That's <laughs> all. <It's unbelievable. laughs> all I can say
1: about that game.
2: Yeah. So so that the was computer- probably the neatest atmosphere.
0: You were in, Rupp, and I was tearing up Kirkwood. So you were, you were there. We I were was, both the second. The second the game ended, I was helping football players flip over a car on Kirkwood. So
1: hey, both, sounds like we both were both winning. winning. That's you right. we were battling. If it, if, we, I'll if tell I you what, it was a battle to get that before. car. Like you guys I, I thought I was going to jail. I was like, all right,
0: this is going to be interesting. Let's see what, what goes down.
2: So that was probably the best atmosphere as a fan. Uh, it definitely – um, and then two nights later, they played Kent State. Kent State had um, the Tiger tight end Gates. that played Antonio Gates. And I think we IU hit like 17 threes that night. I think it was Unreal. a record. And, uh, but, but the Duke game was the best atmosphere ever as a fan. And then when we played Wisconsin, when I was at Elite Eight, we played at Ford Field. There were 60,000 fans. LeBron loves Steph. Uh, LeBron loves Steph and LeBron was sitting like three or four rows behind our bench.
0: That's awesome. And
2: they won the big 10 that year. They had a guy named Michael flowers. That's a big 10 defensive player of the year. And Steph just went to work and uh, just an un- unbelievable atmosphere to coach in. And um, I don't know what we beat him by 13 or 15 or 17 or something like that. And, um, Bo Ryan, something that's kind of cool about coaching at that level, there was two coaches that knew my name or had their VA, you know, find out the staff's name, Coach K and Coach Williams um, at North Carolina. When I, we shook their hand after the game, both of those guys said, "Hey, you know, good job, Jeremy," which I thought was kind of wow. cool. Wow. That's really that's cool. But, but Bo Ryan was the nicest coach I ever met um, at. At the start of the game, when we walked back um, to our locker rooms at Ford Field, the locker rooms are—it's a long walk. Imagine, and uh, like, he walked with so me. So it's like Planet Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar Planet Taylor. And <laughs> but he—he he told me he reminded me of his son, and he talked to me the entire way until he went towards his locker room, and he was just the nicest guy. But um probably the nicest coach I talked to when I was at that level, but, uh, that was the best atmosphere that I, that I coached in.
0: That's awesome. Coach. I did coach at Duke. I did coach at
2: Cameron. Um, that, that was crazy too. Yeah. But they got weird.
0: That's awesome. So, so, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you a little follow up here and there. So, um, Obviously, we're about the same age. You're you're maybe maybe 1 year older than me at most. I graduated so, in
2: 97, high school in 97.
0: Okay, so yeah, so you're 2 years at most older than me. I I was a 99 guy. So when when you came out of 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 IU, when you got into coaching, did you did you have any idea that that you were going to go on this kind of crazy adventure to you know, to all the place. I mean, you've seen a lot of really cool stuff, right? Like you've had some amazing experiences. Did you have any idea that it would go there?
2: I had no idea. Uh, I just, man, I was so excited to get my first job as an assistant coach with Lance Watson at Fred C. Ford, like you, like Fish mentioned earlier. Mm. And, um, but then it got to the point where, like, I, I just loved it and wanted to. Coach at the collegiate level, you know, specifically Division One, and just just made up my mind like I was going to do whatever it took to get there.
1: And going to battle, just, battle, and go wherever you want to go, man. Like
2: just compete, and it just just got lucky enough to you know get a few breaks and stuff like that, and then and then to you know for Steph to turn out the way he did, and get to experience all the things that I got to. I mean, we would. We would scrimmage Texas every year because Rick Barnes was actually an assistant at Davidson with wow. Coach McKillop. Uh, Lefty Drizel was the head coach at Davidson. And uh, Coach McKillop and Rick Barnes were on the same staff. And uh, so we'd go scrimmage down there. He, Rick Barnes would fly us down there. And uh, at that time, they were spending more per athlete than any other university so their facilities were unreal i got to meet john Wooden. we played in the wooden classic wow we were up 17 in the first half they had like westbrook love
1: jeez
2: um uh, then rolling out a,
1: a scrawny little point guard by the name of steph yeah. curry like we were really
2: up 17 the in the first blood. half they 17 in the first half they end up uh we ran out of gas they beat us but um so yeah i got to experience a lot of neat things and no, but no, I had no idea any of it was going to happen.
0: So then, so then, my last question for you, coach, just because I like to, I like to put you on the spot, and and I obviously, you know, you know, we have nothing but respect for you guys and what you guys do at St. Francis, and you personally. I mean, it's awesome that you came to do this stupid podcast with Charlie and Dad. But um, one of the things that, that I always wonder, because I know as a coach myself, I always wondered, like, am I ready to move over to that that next chair? Do you ever think about sure. that, next, that next job? Do you ever think about what's, do you want to go be a head coach again? Are you, are you, I mean, obviously you're happy with your situation. You guys have an awesome staff. I've met all you guys. You guys are great. Um, but is that something you you still striving for? Or are you pretty content where you're at?
2: Uh, I think at some point, like uh, last year I interviewed at the University of Huntington okay. and it came down to Corey Alford and I, and, uh, he got the job and he did a great job this year um, but we just we we have moved our kids at a, a couple of different schools and my parents live right across the street and that's awesome we we, we love where we live so um, it would probably be a little while before we would like take a job based on mm-hmm. uh, it'd be difficult for me to leave right now sure. just because of where my kids go to school and the age they are and stuff like that. I've got a fourth grader and a sixth grader. and um, Like you said, you know, staff at St. Francis, we have a great thing going on. And Huntington's the only job that I've applied for, interviewed for, just because we, we wouldn't have had to move. Sure.
1: And I, th- I think I really appreciate, and our, our listeners, you know, I talked about some of the young coaches that we have, is just the importance of family and, and the decisions that you make when you coach. A lot of people just think coaching is just, you know, a three to five job, and and that's it. People don't understand that like families are involved, and you know the the time commitment that you have to the game. And uh, we we appreciate the pod, um, uh, you being able to uh, be real about those those things. Yeah, sure, we, no, and I
2: appreciate you guys having this, having me on. It's been all fun. Right,
1: so the last
0: question I got to ask you because you're an IU guy. What are we, what are we thinking about the Hoosiers going forward? You you're you're more connected than we probably are, and I and I'll be honest with you, I feel like I'm pretty connected. I know I know some pretty good people, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you, you probably know better people. So, what are we
1: thinking?
2: Uh, no, As as an IU guy, I mean, one thing that's kind of cool about St. Francis right now is we had a freshman this year, Brayton Bailey. Yes, um, his, his father's Damon Bailey, obviously, and, and one of the greatest all-time all IU, yeah. Yeah, so you know, maybe the most um, recruited high school player of all time, and he—I,
1: um, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty good high school career in the state of Indiana. I don't decent. know that for sure. He was decent. He was decent. So,
2: um, I'll have our crack it, research
1: Brayton, team find out on that. I'll work on that.
2: <laughs> but Brayton had an awesome year for us, and, um, and just a great family. And Damon's been awesome, and um, so it's been awesome to have them a part of it. But that's just something kind of you know iu connected with our program um and I, i'm sure he's a listener so it, oh well you know since, we since may or may not listen
0: coach i don't <laughs> know if you know
1: the highest
0: reaches of the iu athletic department are at least aware of the pod we can't confirm deny whether or not they're listening but we know sure, they're
2: aware i'm sure he's listening he's probably going to help us Get a guaranteed game with IU here in the next couple of years, but um, that'll
1: be outstanding. Until, until you put until you put it working on them, and then that Charlie, will, Charlie, and Dad ask. will be in the front row. I will pay top oh, dollar. Yeah, if Charlie and Dad aren't sitting out at those center court seats where we'll the ex- guy, the guys who paid for uh, little Archie to go away, if yeah. we're not sitting nah. in those seats, then I'm gonna. Be we can get that done.
0: We'll I we'll expense we on done. the pod. No worries. The pod will cover it. <laughs>
2: So no but I I like I like the direction you know I mean I I don't think obviously coach Woodson was probably the the top pick I mean I heard that they chased Stevens for a month and I heard that after that they went at um Bennett down at Virginia is what I uh, yeah. is what I heard and, and then I'm guessing they went a few other directions but sometimes the top pick's not the best pick and it seems like you know, Woodson's got a lot of momentum. Like, it seems like he's got a fantastic staff, and I think that's the most important thing. And it um, seems like he's built relationships with the current players. A lot of them, you know, came out of the portal and stayed at IU. So that's obviously a good thing. Um, so it's early to tell, but I'm excited as an alumni. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, so far, so far so good and we'll just see what see what happens. I will tell you I, will, I will tell you
1: this, coach. Like I grew up an IU fan since I was out of the womb and I watched IU growing all the way up. But since in the last probably six years, I watched Saint Francis way more than IU because IU has been so bad. <laughs> like that's where i and and, and, you know it's like i i mean i i grew up as like i watched the cream and crimson game like athletes in action exhibition game like that's how i grew up like no i I did too and then man like i catch myself it's like oh cougs are on tonight didn't even know iu played didn't even know like didn't care i appreciate it
2: dad we, I appreciate it.
0: We try to we try to follow the Cougs. We try to we try to show them love. We'll have to give them more love on the pod. You know, this thing's an internet rocket ship, coach. I don't know if you're aware. It's, it's blowing up all over the internet. So it's taking off. We're we're trying. Like to we're, we're trying to have a little fun it's, here. It's and, probably
1: because we battle harder than any other. Podcast listen, in the nobody country.
0: like nobody nobody works harder than we do.
1: You just everybody. Skate.
0: We just compete. Yeah. We battle we like crazy. We're hard
1: in everybody. We battle. Yeah, next we, play mentality. It's right. Next play mentality. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we
0: We understand that a quiet pod is a losing pod. We, uh,
1: <laughs> we totally, totally, totally get it. <laughs> so hey, Dad.
2: We, what's that? Dad, what, what do I have to do to get Charlie in the six-man room next year?
1: Man, I've been working on him. There's a lot next to the house I just bought. That is open. you going to get me up to the fort. <laughs> I'm talking to him about it a lot. Charlie will be really trouble to on a regular. To his wife. But if we got to get him up on a on a Saturday to the sixth man room, I'm
2: in. You yeah. honestly,
1: honestly, Jamie, we're talking about, like, it's in the works. Like, we're working with our uh, producer about doing a pod on the golf course. Damn. And we like line- to have – we Live talked golf, about having giggles. So I don't know if you, you probably haven't listened to all the pods, but like giggles is like this person that we just talk about, but he's never allowed on the pod.
0: Never. Like
1: <laughs> We just like to talk about him. He's not never allowed to even be on here. Um, <laughs> But we talked about doing like a golf episode where we, we have all of our, several of our people that we've interviewed and we all have a golf round and do a pod. And then we just kind of make fun of giggles, but he's not allowed <laughs> to be on it. Like that's, Kinda of what we talked about. If like we hide we hide the owner, anything. Yeah, else like just going like on. keep <laughs> interested in. in arrested. All right.
0: then We're it. we're we're set. Coach is in.
1: <laughs> but the last the last segment or the last little question that we have. So on our pod, we we uh we try to be different than anybody else. Um we try to outbattle everybody. Yeah, we do, we just try to battle. So we use coaches. You can't surrender. You just can't we, surrender. Yeah, you can't right. surrender. So we use coachisms, and each coachism, when we interview somebody, there's a coachism of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, and then then our interview, who we're interviewing, they have to pick a winner. Yep. Well, the word that we use for coachism this week was battle.
2: Who used Charlie?
1: Oh, Charlie, really?
2: <laughs> Why is
1: everybody just gotta make dad mad? <laughs>
2: Hey (laughs) Charlie. Hey Charlie, I will say this. Like I've listened to a couple of the podcasts, and I'm I'm not just saying this, you're really good at what you do.
0: I appreciate it, man.
1: I do. I appreciate it. But but using the word battle, (laughs) you did use the Uh, battle uh, way
2: more. uh, I use it way more. (laughs) If you can hey, if you can get if you can get dad talking over you. This this podcast it it'll go it'll just blow up. I'm <laughs> he just that, always man. wants to he just always wants to talk the same time you do. Like if you can if you can figure out how well, to just
1: like a mute go ahead. ahead. We need a producer. I commute you. Just... you. I can do that, Dad. I so, can. Mute you. So I heard. I heard somebody, somebody wants, wants to like to work like... for us. Is any trying to get on the pod?
0: Should Henny be a regular check-in during the season? We do a oh, shit. we do a cougs check-in. Man, I like I think that. Be,
2: I think that'd be clutch.
0: Yeah, it would. I think we get a cougs check-in every now and again. I don't know if we do it every week for coach probably too busy during the season to do it every week, but we could do like a, a monthly check-in with on the Cougs, how how the crossroads is going. We could talk a little smack about Coach Hetty. I mean, I will. You don't have to, Coach. But <laughs> but you know, just have a little fun and and uh you know, Dad will talk a little smack about about Wesleyan. I'll, yeah. Charlie will talk a little smack about Marion. We'll have a couple of laughs, and I'll talk to my
1: you know, who
0: knows.
2: Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to join you guys whenever. So, <laughs> I, I I have listened to a couple of po- uh the podcasts, and you guys do a great job, and um, you guys need to keep it going.
0: Well, we're we we're doing our best. You we're know, having fun with it, and it's kind of a for us, it's kind of a fun way to stay connected to hoops. As as we're not, neither of us are coaching anymore, and. I mean, we're definitely rooting for you guys, and I mean, not just because you came on to our pod, obviously, but we, uh, we, we, you know, you know, Dad loves the Cougs like, like sure. nothing else, and uh, we, we just really appreciate you, your time, man.
2: Go Cougs, go Hoosiers! Yeah, that's appreciate right. Coach. Thanks,
1: coach. Thanks for battling yeah. with us on the
2: pod. <laughs> Thanks
1: for battling with. <laughs> <us>. <laughs> All
2: right. Good. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yep. See you guys. See. all right
1: dad coach left the meeting that was fun that was fun man he's a for our younger coaches like you learn a lot about just what it takes to to coach at that level and i think one of the reasons why him and i became you know really good friends over the past you know several years even before i i i came on staff we we became friends right away it was just you know family and the family aspect that you have with coaching and that's oh, what that's why you and i became you know absolutely such good friends it's like you build the relationships with staff and once you have that relationship with staff and you guys become you know your staff becomes family coaching becomes easy uh, yeah because you guys are all on the same level and you, you understand what everybody's thinking and that's what makes you know I think St. Francis, a really good program is, you know, their staff is so connected and they're all, you know, thinking along the lines of the, the same. Mm-hmm. So they know the culture that they built and who they need to recruit. So I'm really just, you know, hoping that IU kind of takes some time to build that obviously, but, you know, that's what we need. I people mean, that I, love I think, the university and have that family aspect.
0: I think as a, as a Hoosier fan, um, I'm actually, I think that's really cool that he and I were there at the same time. Cause it's funny. If he was roommates with Hornsby, that means we lived across the street from each other. That's hilarious. You I wasn't probably... going to say that just to disra- <laughs> derail him. But if, he was, if he was roommates with Hornsby, we lived not, not right across the street, but like kitty corner. Like we were in an apartment here. They were literally not, not 200, not a hundred yards away. So that's kind of funny. And, uh, just a cool experience. Coach Henry's, you know, every time I've ever met with Coach Henry, great dude uh first time I met him I was like this dude's classic this dude's great um and in a lot of ways he's kind of living my dream to be totally honest you know that was kind of uh when I got into coaching in college same kind of time as him uh my 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 dream was kind of small college you know that's the life I want to live where I can still do have a family life and still coach and and obviously it never came to that and that's cool but man what a great what a great night to have him on and Hilarious that I, he picked me to win, and I only said battle like three times. Man, so, he was
1: doing that to rev me up.
0: I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm in a winning record right now, Dad. I don't know what you're gonna do. How are you gonna come right. back? I'm just gonna battle. You got? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, what
1: are you talking about? I'm just gonna battle. All it's
0: right, like- so we've so we've established on this pod, Coach Henry, great guest. Uh, we've established that Charlie will apply for the HSE job
1: <laughs> with, with
0: the expectation that Charlie and Dad, if given an interview, will go in tuxedo t-shirts. And which will guarantee us to not be the head basketball coaches at Hamilton Southeastern.
1: I will. The last thing I want to leave with, and then we, like, Go. we can jump off with about Jeremy is uh one thing about him is like that. The only thing he focuses on as a, as a college coach is getting players um, because that's what, that's his niche. And, you know, we talked about assistant coaches and what their niche is and, his niche is I mean, he touched on it you could kind of get that vibe in, in the interview he cares about talent talent mm-hmm. and the culture that is built in the coach that i'm, I'm fit. under fit yeah. fit yes. so my coach that i'm loyal to what is his system and then i'm going to go get a dude that can play under that system mm-hmm. so it's just really cool to see at that small you know mm-hmm. small school level and where he came from, like he coached under a dude that can freaking coach. Like he didn't come from, you know, some random university that um hasn't oh, had success. You know, he was under a, a long time successful coach and for him to,
0: I think he should have took a little more credit for the rocket ship of Davidson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, he can take he can take uh some ownership for the the, the rocket friend. ship for the, the no the podcast. Oh, you think you think the pod's gonna blow up now? I mean let's let's be real. Yeah. We like if he doesn't, he doesn't if he doesn't at Steph Curry with this <laughs> podcast, like he's not allowed back on the podcast.
0: Let, let me make sure I understand this. We're gonna have the highest level athletic <laughs> hey. administration at Indiana University. We're Damon gonna have Bailey. greatest basketball players in the world. IU basketball royalty in and, and Damon Bailey. And, and oh Steph you Curry. know, I, I so wanted to share my Damon Bailey story after he said that, but I but I didn't. <laughs> And and so I'm, I'm not going to now. I think I've already he, shared. It. But uh, so cool, just so cool. that coach Eddie took the time for us. You know, one of these days we're going to get him rope, uh, coach lacrosse in to join in, joining us. We'll up. get him.
1: We'll get him on.
0: And uh, just talk a little, talk a little crossroads. See if we can get him to talk a little smack about Coach Eddie. Uh, probably yeah. won't. He's too he's too, pro, too much of a pro for that.
1: Bo- Boston's way too much of a pro for that. That's yeah, the assistant probably. coach's job.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, we we. We're here to have fun and uh just get connected. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda I'm kinda thinking maybe I should seriously apply for this job now because coach Henny's got me fired up to coach again. Like my wa- oh, wife's gonna be mad. When I walk out of here, my wife's gonna be mad because I'm gonna be like, Hey, I'm applying at HSC tomorrow and she's gonna go, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> just just say with that. <laughs> she's gonna go. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, the the wives can just yeah. sit next to each other and. I complain. have a feeling uh, that uh, would
0: end really bad for both of us, but you know we'll try. Who knows? You never know. You, you never know. know. Crazy things have happened. All right, Dad, we're gonna we're gonna sign off for for episode. I don't even know what it is it. What is this episode seven? Yes, episode seven. Great episode with Coach Henny tonight. Uh, we're running out of Hoosier Hoosier talk, so we're gonna have to. You and I are gonna have to get together and reevaluate where we're going. I kind of
1: I, I kind of like the direction we're going.
0: I can't watch the Pacers, so
1: no. But we, like, I like talking about just everything. Uh, yeah, like maybe I we should like call Coach. Sat.
0: Maybe we should. I, I could call Sat tomorrow and see if he'll do the pod next week. Since yeah. he's no longer a boys' coach at HSC, he might think about it.
1: Yeah, let's talk to him about it, and then we'll I'm get gonna, Boss
0: Man. A, I doubt he's going to say yes. <laughs> we'll get Boss Man on. We'll get him on. We'll we'll figure it out. We got more. We got many more guests to have. You know what? I did talk to after we. Now that we've had Coach Henny, I think. I think there's a certain coach McClung at Marion who Jesse who, gonna want
1: to get on here. Who
0: may but, want to jump on now that the yeah. rocket ship
1: yeah. now the rocket, rocket ship.
0: ship has got the Fran on. Yeah. We may have to talk to Coach McClung. He might my, be a good my guest.
1: Might have to get the knights on. We don't know.
0: He's got some he's got some great stories. I don't uh, know if we,
1: Jesse's ready for that noise, but we can see.
0: Nah, I don't know. I think he's got some he would be an entertaining entertaining uh guest I for like sure.
1: It. I like talking to him.
0: Well, thanks, everybody, uh, all of our listeners for joining us. It's been an awesome episode. We love Coach Henny. We love our Hoos. You know that. We're going to give a big boom baby for uh, Slick in three, two, one. Boom! Baby! Atta, baby. Atta, baby. We're going to give one to Slick. Uh, rest in peace. And uh, that's it, y'all. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to the Charlie and Dad Bod
1: Pod. We hope you'll tune in again next time.